Ever been to Delaware? If not, now's the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun... Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Uh-oh. Vroom, vroom, vroom. That's the sound a car makes. Welcome to Flavor Town, everybody. Oh, no. How do you get to Flavor Town? I don't know, man. Sometimes you just fucking close your eyes and you wish and you oh. hope and you wake up in Flavor Town. Hopefully, all your clothes are on. <laughs> we don't know what to expect. You're definitely covered in donkey sauce. Either way, it's scary. But man, open up your mouth and let the flavor take hold. Oh, God. guys, it's That's scary. I, don't like I it. have flavor sauce on my knees. I, oh, I have my flavor God. sauce on my upper thighs. I'm covered in uh, cheese. Uh, donkey sauce rather yes, yeah i'm please. covered in donkey sauce oh in yeah. flavor town oh. am i doing this right yeah of course you are this is so foreign to me this is this topic was definitely like one i was weirdly really excited to do and however i am not like a person who watches food network i'm not a person who but he's so always you've never been submitted there. to the Fieri songs. You've like that has never been a part of your. I life. mean, I haven't either. Really, neither one of you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but for some reason, I was compelled. I was like, in fact, so much so that I was like, let's do Guy Fieri Fieri Thank sooner. You. Let's do Guy Fieri sooner. I will. I will. I will jack explain y'all <laughs> the fact it's Fietti. We're calling him Fietti. It's no I will call him Fietti. in here. Thank well, you. Well, actually, I'll call him Guy Ramsey Fairy. That is his actual. Uh, yeah. No, I, once, I was, once I was initiated into this family, I, of course, started watching Guy Fietti because it is not an option <laughs> um, in the Zabrowski family. But uh, I used to hate him. Hate him, but I. You know what? I realized now from this research, I was being judgmental about him looking like right early nineties or early two thousands. I guess. Um, I I hated frosted tips in like high school. I get it. I was like, why are these people doing this? This is so dumb. I can tell right now, even that this is as dumb as Pogs. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this is not. Yeah. I, I, this is not I just sort of like thing. I just cornered him into like the kid rocks the kid yes. rockery of the world and now i love kid rock too you're Ew. now you're naming a bunch of things that Ew. i too rolled <laughs> at, judged hated on and and later in life i'm like smash mouth's fine like who gives a shit after what he said about taylor swift oh my god you are a kid rock fan <laughs> wow i, I wow. just like i don't really like his music but i would go on the kid rock cruise because he seems like a lot of fun That's and i like how we he just like his... the kid rock cruise Ugh. 
dude, though. But that is the opposite of what Guy Fieri is, because Guy Fieri is good times in one big old man, and this is why I love him. (laughs) He is everything that he says that he is. And as someone that, I I mean, I'm a huge Food Network fan, so I'm kind of the opposite of all y'all, but I love watching it. And and since the beginning of Guy Fieri, I have been completely obsessed with him. I understand why people hate him. I get it. I think that he is he's a very divisive creature. Yes. But I but over the years it is undeniable his philanthropic ways and the way that he loves his family. I love that he loves his family. I love that how much he loves his kids. He loves being a dad and he's so fucking obnoxious. And you know what? I'd rather someone be in my face obnoxious than like behind the scenes an asshole. Well, he's, yeah, I mean, he's actually the most divisive is his outfits. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> yes. He's, actually, he's actually like not very controversial as far as <laughs> dudes on TV go, I guess. I mean, he right. does say a lot of, you know, he does use the words like bomb.com very often. He does use the phrase righteous a lot. I mean, you are you are jumping ahead a lot. He does have, uh, what is it? He's got, he's come up with over 63 ways to say delicious. These include, that's a hot frisbee of fun. Love it. That puts the Shamalama in ding dong. Love it. That's winner, winner, hot dog dinner. It's got whiz, bang, wow in there. The flavor jets are turned on, and while holding and while holding his, a sandwich to his ear like a telephone, he said, "Hello, Flavor Town. Yeah, my pig meter is going up." You know, you know, he says this when he's fucking his wife. Of course he does. I was desperately trying to get Jeff to do the same thing just the other day, and he will. I will not give in to my Guy Fieri cosplay. He won't wear, he won't wear some flame shirts no, for you? No, he won't do any of it, <laughs> oh. and I guess I understand. Oh, Jackie, you should be the Guy Fieri then. Oh, I love yeah. that. I'll just show up just with the goatee, and, and I'll get... Oh, you know how they have those visors with the Fieri hair that's yes. already yeah. built into yes. it? Why don't I have one of those you, yet? I'm sure you've already know. made this joke, but you could be Gal Fieri. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! I'm I'm Galfietti a thousand percent. <laughs> I have my favorite, um, my favorite ones peppered throughout my notes. So every time I get to them, I'll say it. I do. I, okay, I'm cool. very curious um, to learn about what happened to him in 2001 because obviously something stunted his ability to move beyond that year, right? Uh, Fashion wise, yes, he so loves it. Was he there a trauma? It. Well, we will definitely. (laughs) (laughs) We are going to get to what, why he is the way that he is. I really, it's just, he just seems like a very genuine person. And for those of you that are aware of some of the maybe off color things that he may have said in the past, I just don't think with the amount of people that came out in droves to say that that's not true. I just don't think I believe it. I'm maybe I'm just choosing not to believe it because I love him so much, and I'm okay with that. I can't wait to go to the chicken guy, which is only in Florida right now. I was so excited because Henry and Natalie went on their mini moon to Disney World, and it was the same month that Guy Fieri was opening up the chicken guy, which I believe has 32 different sauces, but it's just chicken, so Natalie couldn't eat there. And Henry's like, I can't wait in the I line can't eat if in my any wife. Of his restaurants. <laughs> yes, you can't eat in none, any of his restaurants. Of the- 
restaurants we're, we'll be talking about today, none of the food items will be is anything that Natalie could ever in a million years eat. will never be able to eat them. I went to got <laughs> the guy's burger restaurant that is in the Burbank airport. Ed and I were on our way to um, the KB show in New York. So we were very sad and we were both very stoned. And we sat and we ordered... Oh my god. Half the menu of the Guy Fieri and I will say, man, did I have a time in that airport bathroom? Ooh, Not the time. Really. You should eat I will give you a hot tip. Eat at uh, Guy Fieri's airport restaurants when you're on your way out oh, of the airport. Getting on a plane <laughs> after that. But man, those oh. trash can nachos. Wait, did you when eat? When she comes over and she's got the thing. So in the trash can nachos, they're in some sort of pillar. And they have to like, ba-bam, up the pillar so that it stands up on its own like a tower of nachos. And it stood up. What? Yeah. Wait, the nachos alone? Trash can nachos, yeah. They stand up, but like in a pillar, like in a like on, on a building. What is the cement? The cheese? Cheese, baby. Cheese, baby. Wow, and so yeah, the cheese is mama. Now you're talking my Isn't fucking language. Isn't that the exact sign of something you shouldn't eat? Is it that it can stand on its own? I, I love it. I think that it being referred to as trash can, <laughs> I think is the the it. part. Before you even order it, is that you say, I should not eat this. This will give me the dirtiest, squirtiest. I, and I also understand people that are not as into Guy Fieri. Reminder, I grew up half in Queens, half in Florida. <laughs> if I didn't love Guy Fieri, like, I mean, who, who am I as a human being? Who are you? Who would yeah, love him if not for you? I, know, I am well aware that I am a pretty trashy human being. So please just go along with us on this ride today. And just hopefully we might convince you if you don't love Guy Fieri. To love him by hey, the end listen, of this. Hey, listen. You know what, guy? If you're if you're listening to this, oh. as a vegetarian, I also love trash food. Yeah. Make something for me. I'll eat trash. <laughs> All right. I'm right. a trash can person. We'll take some pig off of it, and we'll. <laughs> oh, let me just slide the pig off of it, which is what I imagine the waitress would say to you. So this all this all started with a boy, a pretzel cart, and a dream. Born Guy Ramsey Ferry in Columbus, Ohio in 1968, he grew up in Humboldt County, California, and he always loved food as a child, and at an early age started planning out his path to becoming an acclaimed restaurateur. So this is the fun part of this, is that he goes into, he <laughs> loves his family. this whole episode. So <laughs> funny. This man has loved food forever. What I find very interesting is that you assume that maybe he was raised in a trash-eating family. That's actually not the case. <laughs> He says he was even eating things like sushi as a young kid because both of his parents were health food eating hippies who owned a leather and candle store as well as a Western gear shop. Wow. He said, I never got to have white bread or bologna. I was brought up with steamed fish and brown rice and bulgur, which I think is part wow. of the reason why he went out. And what's cool is that I read many instances of how he would talk about he would be eating something and be like, Dad, this is great. But can I show you what I can really do? Like, starting at the age of, like, 10. He has been wanting to be Guy Fieri, the version of Guy Fieri that he is, from the second he came out of his mother. His early plans for a lemonade and Kool-Aid stand were dashed, however. His parents caught him red-handed, or rather, purple-armed, as he was st his stirring spoon broke, so he tried mixing the drinks with his bare arm. He's got dedication. 
His father, who he calls his biggest hero because his dad's dad passed away at an early age and he was a very self-made man, supported his wish to be a restaurateur at this young age, even going as far as to help him construct a special cart so he could sell pretzels when he was just 10 years old. I do the want cart to say called, aside, aside, before we go down the awesome pretzels route. The cart was called awesome pretzels, yes. He indeed. talks a, a time, again, time, time again, which again, great name, great name. A time sure. and time again about They're how fucking awesome. his dad is a huge part of who he is and that his dad instilled in him a lot of the loyal family values that he still holds. He says, my dad is my Obi-Wan Kenobi. And he told me something as a little kid about keeping your mind open. If you continue to do the same thing you've been doing and expect different results, that's crazy cuckoo time. Be open. Think. Listen. If you ever get closed-minded, it's the same thing I tell people about their palate. Don't ever let somebody put something in front of you and say, I don't like that. How do you know? <laughs> Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh, but awesome pretzel cart. Um, awesome pretzel cart. Guy was inspired to do uh, to, to start his own pretzel cart business after a trip to Lake Tahoe and his very first soft pretzel that he mm. got off of a vendor that worked at the ski lodge at which him and his family were staying. And Guy remembers this fondly, saying, this pretzel guy steams it and he dips it in a little bit of salt and he put mustard on it, and I always loved flavors like that when I was a kid. Mm. I ate one, and the doughiness and the chewiness, I'd never seen anything yum, like yum, that. Yum, 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 yum. However, Whoa. when he went back to the vendor to find out where he got his pretzels from, the man refused to tell him because he didn't want the competition. So Guy what? had to wait until after he left for the day and went through his trash to find a pretzel box with the address of the vendor on it. He had to get a little sneaky. He wouldn't tell a 10-year-old boy <laughs> because he couldn't handle the competition. It's That's absurd. So weird. It's absurd. They're on vacation, too. He wouldn't have even been competition. I, I'm going to say this could be a story that maybe Guy has expanded on. I can't imagine a, a pretzel man being like, get out of here, kid, this is my scene. I think that his dedication shines through. Mm. To show his craftiness at a young age. While in school, he did dishes to raise up money so he could go to Ch Chantilly, France in a foreign exchange student program and enroll in a one-year culinary course. This experience would become life-changing for Fieri. It's very interesting, too, because it seems like his parents kept a fairly open house and the reason why he chose France is because there was a, a French wine cork seller that was going through Northern California and a friend of their parents were like, oh, if you need a good meal and a place to stay, you can crash up at the ferry residence. So he was having dinner with the family and he was talking about France, which is what got Guy Fieri to want to go to France specifically. And that was the same dude that he ended up calling up was like, hey, could you hook me up? With a, a for, like, help me find a family that would host a foreign exchange. This student. is a weird, this almost feels like this could have happened in 1915. Like, I it's know. a story. <laughs> I know, it's right? Great. I was a boy and I just sold my pretzels. I had my pretzel cart and that's how I fed my family. <laughs> and then a wine cork man came through town. I mean, except for the fact that I think that he, uh, he comes from a fairly well off family. But other yeah. than that, yes. But they did make him pay for his own way to go to France. Yeah. This is what Fieri said, had to say about it. 
When I was a sophomore in high school, I made a deal with my parents. If I went to junior college in our town and took French and got a B or better, they would let me go to France and live in a boarding house and go to school. So I took French in junior college during my lunch break while I was in high school. My mom would drive me. I was only 15. Then at 16 and a half years old, I got on a plane, flew to Paris, had a friend of the family pick me up and drive me to a little town called Chantilly. I lived in a boarding house, not even a boarding house. It was a family that rented me a room. They spoke no English. The only French I could speak was out of the little hand dictionary I bought at the airport. Even though I passed the class, I didn't know anything. Of course, it's only like what was like French one or French two. There's only so much. And he got a B. Yeah. (laughs) Everyone that we are covering, I've discovered, had their entire plan laid out by the time they were a teenager. Yeah. <laughs> how how does this happen? They knew what they wanted, you know? <laughs> I was such a scumbag at that age. <laughs> yeah, I, I was completely out. I was just like, whatever. I'll figure it out later. Yeah, But at absolutely. the same time, you got to think, Wanda Sykes didn't start doing comedy until she was 29 years old. So there's there a, there you know, is a back right. and forth, right. you know? Mm-hmm. There's a back and forth. That's right. Fieri found the food in France to be fantastic and so different. He said, if you told me when I left for France that I was going to eat snails, I would tell you, you got snails coming out of your ears. (laughs) (laughs) I came to love escargot and came to love all the simplicity of food. And while there, Fieri... He travels to Sweden, Norway, Germany, and Switzerland, and was shocked to find how diverse the queen cuisine was. What really turned, what really flipped on his switch, apparently, was steak frites, which I think is very funny because it is. I'm, I'm not saying that it's not a, the I love perfect steak over there. Frites, I love though. steak frites, of course, but it, that it was steak and French fries that it's is the most what got. Basic. <laughs> that's what got yeah. him to say that he said, "I wrote home to my parents saying I had steak and potatoes yesterday, and it was like I." I'd never had them in my life. My parents were really good cooks and we ate really well, but I'd never had anything like the food there. I knew exactly then what I wanted to do. And um, he also admits that the woman that ran the the boarding house that he was staying at was a horrible cook. <laughs> and at 16 years old, essentially, he learned everything that he found out about French food and the cuisine by going over to his friends that he made their houses to, uh, and then also cooking with their parents. And um, they even had the phone locked up at the boarding house. Like this, he didn't go over there to like be taken care of at all. He kind of just went there and fucked around, ate a lot of food. And I'm going to go ahead and assume. Uh, drank a lot and partied a lot. Well, that definitely, that, yeah, I would say probably that is accurate to his current portrayal of himself. I'm wondering, he's very worldly. <laughs> is he doing like a uh, uh, Larry the Cable Guy bit where he's pretending <laughs> that he's. I don't think so. What I think he's it the is, real is deal. I think really, honestly, what it is <laughs> is that he traveled the world and is still obsessed with America. And I think that that yeah. is even almost scarier than than just being like, I'll right. never go to any of those places. But to see the entire world and still be and like, still be like America yeah, I am white trash. Best. And, you know, lean it into it. So at least he did experience it as opposed to someone that is just like, nothing exists outside Absolutely. of America. Absolutely, no, I'm with you. I'm with you. You know? Well, and I think this whole process, too, just gave him a penchant for, and a love for travel, which we'll see with Triple D in the future. And also, I think 
think what's interesting is that his time in France is really what made him want to work as we'll talk about as like a flambe chef was because of the theatrical flame heavy cooking that happens in it's France. It's how he got as those well. shirts. It's where oh, it's where it starts, baby, because we're soon oh, gonna yeah. be getting into how he chose what his aesthetic is. <laughs> Did he also learn how to drive with one arm outside the window? Uh, oh my god! Oh, I can't wait. There's a great there's a great quote that I have uh, about talking at Triple D with the car that he travels yes. in. The Camaro. We'll talk about that. Um, but he did learn how to drive when he was age 13 while washing his family's car, which is a 1968 Ford Camper Special, because he said, my deal with my dad was, when I washed the truck, if I could drive it out in the field, it would help it dry off. So if I'd wash the truck, then I'd drive it down the road to the field and drive it around in circles to, to get all the water off of it. Wouldn't that just make it dirty? You'd think that, but maybe not. <laughs> okay. So after he returned to France, he gets a job at an inn in Eureka, California, up until he went off to the University of Nevada in Las Vegas to get a Bachelor of Science degree in hotel management, which he graduated with in 1990. So this is a big part of why a lot of the food, like at the beginning of his career, people were against Guy Fieri because he doesn't have, he didn't go to culinary school. He has yeah. a hotel management degree he trained but he trained it he did he's like and so this entire time he's been cooking his entire life that doesn't just because you don't go to culinary school doesn't mean you have no skills goddamn coastal elitists again right (laughs) striking He then works a bunch of different restaurant jobs, which led to him getting a managerial position at a restaurant in Long Beach, California, which led to him being appointed district manager of Louise's Trattoria, which put him in charge of six restaurants for six years. And And that's actually where he will meet his wife. He meets his wife while he's running Louise's Trattoria, and he said that, he he had swooped in to uh, do damage control when he realized he'd met his match. He says, her friend had just been let go from the restaurant and they weren't supposed to be there. I was talking to her friend and saying, hey, listen, wait a few weeks before you come in. And standing behind her is this blue eyed blonde girl giving me this mean mug. Even while Lori was glaring at him, he knew there was something different about her. He had to get to know her. I knew as soon as I saw her, he said, I just knew. But at this point in time, he did not look like the current Guy Fieri that we know and love. He had a little bit of a different look. In 1992, Lori Fieri says, when I first met him, he had no goatee, he had dark hair, he wore a suit to work every day. Now I look (laughs) at him and I'm like, where's that man I married with the whole clean look? (laughs) Oh no, she's not into it? She's not into it. And I've read multiple interviews of her and she's just like, hey, you know, I mean, she's given in, but I don't think she's exactly into it. But also at this point in time is where I wrote, you're like a black deck. You're like a blackjack dealer at a Flavortown casino. (laughs) Oh, God. Oh. This is also when he marries his wife. This is around when he changes his name to Fieri to honor his original family name, which his grandfather had changed when he left Italy. And with all of this experience in tow, he and his business partner, Steve Gruber, starts opening restaurants. First opening Johnny Garlic's which was a California pasta grill in Santa Rosa, California, which led to two more locations in Windsor and Petaluma, California by the year 2000. The Petaluma location, however, closes down, and that's just the restaurant business, honestly. If you're going to start opening locations, some are probably going to close. However, but they, they opened a fourth location 
in Roseville and diversified into sushi and barbecue fare with Tex Wasabis. I will say the Tex Wasabis. So Fieri, <laughs> Fieri referred to it as gringo sushi. The look, the look on Natalie's face and is so good. Tex Wasabis, <laughs> I'm going to throw it out there. It looks like quite the hybrid of <laughs> sushi and barbecue. <laughs> and I think pork. that every way, even looking at the menu, I could feel my cholesterol levels yeah. so even higher. Is this the spot where he becomes this character? So this is around this time that he gets. No, this, this is, is around he, the time he becomes Tex Wasabi. Yeah. Tex Wasabi, <laughs> oh, very Tex different was person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And very problematic, so we're Can not going to spend too much time on it. It was a lot. I think, <laughs> I think maybe you had some trouble with that one. He said he would not pin point exactly the time of when this happened, but this was around the time that Fieri was getting his hair done by an old hairdresser friend of his, Christina Jones. He says, I was just kind of having one of those moods one day, and said, just do whatever you want. She goes, whatever I want, and he says, whatever you want. I get done, and I'm like, you gonna wash that out, that shampoo? She goes, no, 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 that's your hair color. I'm like, my what? It was Friday night at like 6 o'clock. I had to be at the restaurant. I'm like, no. She's like, yeah. So I put on a ball cap on and walked to the restaurant. Apparently his son Hunter was about four years old at the time. And and his one reaction was, what happened to you, daddy? <laughs> wait. Okay. What year, wait, what year is this? This is like the early 2000s. I just love, what happened to you, daddy? <laughs> like he turned into a monster. And it was just, some lady just did it to him. He didn't even try, he didn't want to do that. Right, and this is, but this is around the time that he had sent his, in his audition tape for the next Food Network star. So he had this look in the audition tape. And so when people keep asking him multiple times of like, why, like, why don't you just chair your change your hair back if, if you don't want it to be like that? He's like, I don't do anything that I have to do. I don't really buy into that. I know we're doing a photo shoot today, and I didn't bleach my hair, so I won't have roots. I don't really give a shit. I didn't do the look to be on TV, and I don't keep the look because I'm on TV. It's just the way that I like to look. It's just how I like to flow. So yes, what? in June of 2005, a show called Food Network Star debuted on the Food Network. It was a reality show competition in which the winner would actually get to host their own Food Network show. And so Guy submits an audition tape. Mary, could you actually please play the audition tape for our listeners now? Hi, I'm Guy Fieri, and welcome to Sonoma County, California, home of true wine country cuisine. Today I'm going to prepare a dish for you, not in... Not in fusion, but in confusion. I'm going to do a gorgonzola tofu sausage terrine that we served over a mildly poached ostrich egg. Now, since we're in the wine country, I'll be serving that on, on grape nuts and done with a delicious pickled herring mousse right on top. And, oh, I know, delicious. It sends shivers up my spine. No, seriously, folks, real food for real people, that's the idea. See, it's all getting messed up. People are trying to take everything off the shelf and jam it onto a plate, and that's not what it has to be. I learned how to cook out of survival. My parents are going through this macrobiotic cooking in the late 70s, and I had enough bulgur and steamed fish to kill a kid. So the idea in our family was whoever made the dinner got to decide what it was going to be, and being of Italian descent, Pasta was always one of the keys. He actually I mean, he is killed really it. good. He's, he's, he's very genuinely good, good at what he does. He's very good at what he, he does. He has a knack for um, just talking in front of the camera, which is not it actually. It's a very difficult thing to do. It's the same kind of thing when people are like, "Oh, it's just talking." You can you anybody can talk 
it's very difficult to talk as someone that I've made a, a couple of different things of like I could do a cooking show because I cook all the time. It's really difficult to talk and do it at the same time and do it in a way that you can explain what you're doing that actually comes across and be interesting and be engaging. Yeah, all, and he it's, had sent it's hard. yeah, and he had sent in this audition videotape and. The, he got a phone call that had invited him to New York for three weeks that December to compete as a semifinalist. And this is in the interview of his wife, Lori. And she remembers that guy telling her that he wasn't going to go. They had had a nine-year-old and she was pregnant and Christmas was coming. And Guy knew he shouldn't be gone that long from his and his partner, Steve Gruber's restaurants, Johnny Garlic's Tex Wasabi and Russell Ramsey's Chop House. And really, what was the chance the Food Network contest would come to anything anyway? Lori recalls looking him in the eye. I said, listen, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. If you don't try, you'll never know. You need to go. She's really saying, if I have to stare at this haircut for the next 40 years, you better get some money, (laughs) bitch. Because can you imagine being around him all the time? Can you imagine that you didn't marry him before he turned into this? He was morphing like the fly after they got married. (laughs) Yes. Ever been to Delaware? If not, now's the time to visit. You'll find a lot of fun in a little state. Since you can drive anywhere in the state in a couple of hours, you'll spend less time driving and more time enjoying. Explore from the bays to the beaches, stroll the boardwalks, and have an oceanside bonfire. Get a taste of Delaware at one of the award-winning restaurants and enjoy a local craft brew. See the first state's unique historic landmarks and experience Delaware's endless discoveries. Plan your adventure today at visitdelaware.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. I will say, too, that he, it, when you listen to that audition tape, he does something that Food Network, I think, really needed at that time. He does, like, blue collar. Yes. He does that thing that that you need where it's just like, hey, guys, I'm not going to be all fancy schmancy. I'm not going to be, you know, I'm not going to be this nitsy thing. I'm a real dude, just like you. Come hang out with me. We'll chill in my backyard and I'll show you how to make a burger. You know what I mean? And I get yeah. explosive diarrhea after I eat nachos too, man. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm after, so I'm about to talk about when he meets Sammy Hagar for the first time because I will say he and Sammy Hagar are best friends. <laughs> of course they are. That this yeah. way, I mean, seriously. <laughs> this way I'm describing because Sammy Hagar was just as excited to meet Guy Fieri as, as Guy Fieri wanted to meet Sammy Hagar. And he had said about him, Guy's disarming. He's not one of them uppity, stuck-up stars that you're afraid to go near. He ain't like that, man. He's the guy that walks in and says, Hey, dude, let's go have a drink, man. Let's go do a shot. Let's go smoke a joint. That's what people expect from Guy, and 90% of it, he'd probably do it if he had the time. And another thing of how many people that were like... I read this one interview of this um, a restaurant owner that was nervous about being on Triple D, nervous about doing the show, and he's like, Hey, hey, hey. Let's do a couple shots of tequila. And he sits with them and like just drinks tequila with him for like an hour. He's like, you feel good, man? You feel ready to go? And then they shot the episode. Nice. You got it. Nice. You guys a fine balance, though. You get a little too deep into that. And then you're recording the show just like, 
Yeah, well, uh, yeah, come on, man. Woo! Flavor Town! Flavor! <laughs> Suck it up! Put I'm it on a flip-flop! <laughs> I also do like that Sammy Hagar quote because it does also confirm that guy tokes. Oh, yeah. I mean, he he was he grew up in Humboldt County. Yeah, yeah, you know, for I, sure. Oh, man, must. that's right. Uh, so, of course, Guy Fieri ends up getting on the second Please season. Please say it properly. Guy Fieri Thank gets you. on the second season and wins on Food Network Star. And this led, leads to his first show for the Food Network, Guy's Big Bite. Here's the show description from the website that is terrible, by the way. Uh, Guy Fieri's bleach blonde hair, Guy Fieri's bleach blonde hair, goatee, and skateboarder shorts make a strong statement. You are what you eat. Whether it's his mojito chicken, pepperoni lasagna, or jambalaya sandwich. One thing is certain, Guy Fieri's food is as fun, fearless, and fundamental as his larger-than-life personality. We hope you're hungry, because this guy's imagination knows no limits. Open wide for Guy's big bite. Very, very threatening, and I don't know if I really want jambalaya on a sandwich. And this is this is around the time. So Guy Fieri, this is when he meets Sammy Hagar. And he goes backstage of one of Van Halen's concerts. And um, so as we know, Sammy Hagar, which I, there was a, a great episode of Page 7 when I didn't know that Sammy Hagar is the one that owned Cabo Wabo. So Cabo <laughs> Wabo is a series. It's a multiple restaurants. It's a tequila brand. So so not only is he a the singer of... 80s music, but also he owns a bunch of restaurants and owns his own booze, which is why he's a huge inspiration to Guy Fieri. So Hagar recalls that Fieri let him know that he was a super fan, but the friendship quickly blossomed. And then he started getting to be damn successful. It was ridiculous. This is um, Sammy Hagar. Next thing I know, he's just winning, really hitting him out of the park. As the friendship blossomed, Fieri looked to Hagar as a mentor for expanding his brand. He always used to ask me, Dude, how am I going to make money out of this? Because in the beginning, you don't really make any money. I told him, man, you got to brand yourself. You got to endorse products or invent your own. Write books. Take advantage of your TV time. Wow. And he did. Ow. I'm not saying it wasn't for me. He would. I'm not saying if it wasn't for me, he wouldn't know, have known what to do. But he had these conversations with me again and again. And next thing I know... He's doing it. So, yes, Sammy Hagar is taking complete responsibility <laughs> for Guy Fieri being Guy Fieri. And I love their friendship as well as his friendship with the lead singer of Smash Mouth. And the three oh of God, them are such genuine friends. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also, uh, if you look on the uh, show page for Guy's Big Bite, you can find the most their most popular recipes in the past, uh, such as strawberry panzanella, beet salad with goat cheese, Code Red, which is a vodka drink with peach schnapps, amaretto, cranberry, and orange juice, <laughs> buttermilk hoe cakes, a sort of pancake made from scratch with hot molasses butter, that and lamb great. and feta sliders. I mean, I'd get up in that. That sounds fucking great. See, that's the problem. Is it so many of the so much of Guy Fieri's menus? are just on the borderline of, I want to puke, and that's fucking awesome, man. <laughs> well, if, if we're like, you know, like people always use the term food porn. If we're using mm. that metaphor, it's like Guy Fieri's food is this sort of 
my like kind of heavy S and M. It's like scat porn. Yeah, where it's Ooh, like you're cha- porn, it's yeah. like it's not always going in for fun. You're challenging yourself, <laughs> mm-hmm, yep. and you might weep and you might be in pain, but then you come out and you like did it, and then you right. say things like, "I don't know if it's fair to call their Russian dressing Russian dressing. It should be called something sexy, like liquid Moscow." Ugh, it's like the hot. It's like That's a haunted house sexy? for food sampling. Is it is kind of what it is. <laughs> yeah. I guess Whoa. I guess Liquid Moscow is sexy to somebody. Sure, I'm down. I definitely I would like to. If someone said you want some Liquid Moscow, I mean, in my head, about twenty pictures go through of it, and nothing um, is edible. No, but I would say yes. I I would imagine a drug that makes all your teeth fall out Ooh, really quickly. That's kind of fun. See, I would just I was more thinking of like someone that looked like young Stalin. See, that's Liquid Moscow in my head. Like sexy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so the show has run for 13 seasons in the second season his set became more personalized with his guy fridge that sports racing stripes and in-house bar and bumper pool table all to make you feel like you're just hanging with guy at his house this was pushed further in season 10 with guy working in his own backyard and having guests over to join him at his home including and this is where we'll actually address his garlic mafia posse. It's just, I can't with the garlic mafia. It consists of folks with names like Gorilla, Cletus, and Dirty P. I will go ahead and say everyone hates the garlic mafia. <laughs> Anything I read about the garlic mafia, fucking, they are. Wait, so his, that's like his entourage? His entourage yeah, is called the garlic mafia, and they. That's his I boys. think it's also why it's bad, though, Caffieri. You have to have good people around you, or else it looks poorly on you. If his posse was not obnoxious, I would, I would, I would wouldn't feel like he was the real deal. Honestly. Yeah. I wouldn't feel like he was the real deal. But, like, they're all older. I'm sorry. <laughs> don't mean to say this. But they are all, like, men that are a little past their prime that want to, like, live the rock and roll lifestyle. Yeah, baby. dude. And it's like, dude, y'all are married with kids. Like, stop. Stop, 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 stop. <laughs> Stop, 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 what stop, do they do? Where do they go? They just hang out. They're just hanging. They play loud music. They yeah. rev their cars. They hang they- with guys. <laughs> they, they eat guys' food. Guy. Uh-huh. They make a lot of food. I'm sure they smoke cigarettes. I'm sure that's a big pastime. It's like for Leo's them. pussy posse. Yeah. Yes. But they don't but do the pu- the pussies all clamped no, down. It's it's just more like it's more annoying than yeah. Everything. I think I'd rather hang out with the garlic mafia than Leo's posse. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, probably. Well, that's more our speed because yeah. we're not looking to like like do lines and like grab on hoes. You yeah, know? I'm looking to drink brews and I ride make a quad. A, make like a, Ooh, a yeah. grocery store clerk cry. Yeah, you I want to I mean? do ATVs. shots and then like ride a quad around uh, <laughs> a bunch of property and maybe like um I don't know. Like high five menacingly. Like yeah, you know when yeah, you yeah, high yeah. five and you look at somebody else but you do make the high five. Right. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Fieri, by the way, Fieri's manager considers himself the quote consigliere, uh, which I know uh, Natalie is now accustomed to because she recently saw Godfather for the first time. Congratulations. Hell Thank yeah. You. Congratulations. Welcome. And Fieri, of course, the mob boss, the godfather of the of the garlic mob. Of mafia. course he is. And I love to apparently his word on the street is his telephone ring is I can't drive. 55. Oh my god. And he answers it no. and he asks sometimes. I think asks, my husband's going to turn into Guy Fieri. I think he's the, he is already on his way to Flavor Town. What happened? 
<laughs> so what happened to you, brother? Oh, oh. same thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wait, when he answers it, what? What does he say? I've, I've... Oh, no, he makes people call him Guido over the phone. <laughs> of like, course. Oh, Guy Fieri, what are you doing, baby? Of course. It's just, I, I think he... He always wanted to be on the Jersey Shore. And that is like he was just too old to be on the Jersey Shore. You right. know what and I mean? he's not near the Jersey Shore. No, right. no, no But no, I guess the, the Jersey Shore is a state of mind more than a place. True. Well, it's taken far too long talking about this man's life up to now to finally get to Triple D. Triple That's right. D. Nominated Di- for six Emmys, wow. Triple D. Diners, drive-ins, and dives, of course, is the show we're talking about. Guy refers to it as Triple D, and we shall as well. Trip D, baby, because we are taking you on a road-rocking trip down to Flavortown (laughs) where the gravitational force of bacon warps the laws of space and time. No, 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 which is rolling down the road straight to the biggest, <laughs> baddest, fattest burger joint you've ever seen in your me, stupid, me, meaningless me. life. I That's hope right. when I take We're a bite of that grease is just streaming down my arms, baby. Oh, uh, there's a grease monster sitting next to you in the car. It turns to you and says, hello, Oh my I'm God. ready for some more. Cheesy fries! Of course you are. Will you be my boyfriend? Absolutely! Thank now you. let me do some things to you while you drive! Yeah. <laughs> it's like a David you, Lynch and you, movie. And you come like a rocket ship. <laughs> of course, baby! I'm covered in grease! <laughs> <laughs> we we did it. We finally we finally scared Natalie off. I think I think she's scared forever. What, just I don't know the, what to say. Just because the grease anymore. monster is fingering <laughs> you in a red Corvette while you go to a burger place. Yeah, why is it bad? Bill's Barnyard Burger Bastard. <laughs> Okay, let's guys come on. Let's yeah. get serious. I'd kill I for it. Let's get serious now. Please. Okay, serious yes, talk. I'm serious. I'm serious about it. Guy's next show would see him traveling all over America to interview local cafes. It first aired in 2007. It's still ongoing, and it started out as just a single special in 2006, which had such strong ratings that it got picked up for a series produced by Page Productions based out of Plymouth, Minnesota, run by David Page. Now, so originally, David Page had the idea for this show. David Page is a former ABC and NBC news producer, so he was pitching a bunch of show ideas to the Food Network. And as Alan Sulkin notes in the book From Scratch, Page was on the phone with a network executive named Christiana Reinhardt one day when he got asked if he had any pitches about diners. Bluffing, the producer said he had an idea for a program called Diners, Drivers, and Dives, a name Page reportedly made up on the spot. Reinhardt was intrigued by the idea, and after reading a brief summary that Page put together the next day, decided to greenlight the pilot and put Fietti in the hosting role. So Guy, when he first starts off the show, he admits he didn't know what he was doing. But what helped him get into the groove of the show, so that's his making this pilot, he said he was just relying on his many years of working in restaurants. So here's his account of the first day of shooting the pilot. I meet the producer, and he's giving me this whole list of things. And I'm like, what's going on? And he goes, do you have a shirt? And I said, yeah, I got this work shirt, this Dickies work shirt with a big panel on it. That's where the bowling shirts and all that come from. <laughs> and I'm in shorts and flip-flops. And he says, go ask these questions. I said, okay. 
So I walk in on the line, and the place is jamming. It's a diner. It's open. It's working. And the people are talking, and there's a camera guy over my shoulder. A lady's sitting there. She doesn't have any coffee. So I'm filling a little coffee. So I'm moving and jiving, and the hash browns are starting to burn. So he's in the kitchen trying to ask the person questions. So I flip him. And we're talking, and we're going back and forth, and I asked all my questions. And the producer yells, what is this? Come outside. He goes, what was that? And I said, listen, as a chef, I can't be on the line shutting down the owner's world. And he said, can you do that again? And I said, can I do that? What I did right there? <laughs> yeah, we're in the groove, baby. And he threw his clipboard down and said, we've got a hit. What I love to see more than anything in a, in a kitchen is... Men's toes. Men's toes in a kitchen, yeah. hair uncovered, touching the food. That is actually really not, yeah, that is not, I, that is one of the first things they tell you the rest of their business is wear closed-toed shoes, but we'll we'll just move right up past that. I just hope that the gel slipped off of his hair into <laughs> the hash browns. That's Flavortown. Yeah, Flavortown, baby. It completed some sort of spell. I believe yeah. in that account to the T. Yeah. No exaggerations. Usually if you get one of these hit shows, it is that sort of kismet situation. The same with like Chip and Joanna Gaines. Mm-hmm. They got their show because they accidentally caught them doing um having a huge disaster when he just like showed up with a boat that he didn't tell her about. Yeah. So it's you you, knew, <laughs> you do you guys got take risks. You got to take risks. Yeah. I mean honestly yeah. Each episode generally has a theme such as burgers, ribs, or seafood, with Fieri visiting several restaurants in a given city to taste food that adheres to that particular theme. Fieri said, we put blood, sweat, and tears into making these shows happen and finding the best places. We'll go into a town and shoot six locations in the course of, a, of the week. But before we do that, we spend two to three months evaluating the city and looking at the food scene. What did we do last time we were here? What's going on in the scene right now? Where are they with this? Where are they with that? What is emerging? What is revitalized? What is old school? What's new school? (laughs) What are people talking about? Also, guys said, we're in the middle of the food revolution. People have such a better educated palate now, and I think Food Network plays a major part in that. We brought people to understand food, and now they're making better choices. But we have to, because we really got off the path for a while there with processed crap, and we've still got way too much wait sugar. a second he's saying this show is a return to <laughs> yes re- wholesome yes, food natalie yes yes well, what i, I do, thought it was mostly why gunk. what do you think the See, show does not, i, think, do they, that, I think they look at gunk no and they eat it you know what i like about diners drive and dives is that he does go to a lot of places that make their own of whatever I their know. staple is and that's what he's trying to bring to the people is that you can still eat trash food but eat trash food that is home fucking made no i fully support that you know and i'm very into that what i love though is reading people recount when they're watching hours and hours of guy fieri and now, what's the tell? How do we know if Guy really loves it? So if he really likes the dish, there are two stages of Guy Nirvana. The first is an extra bite. If Guy only takes one bite, there's a good chance he didn't like the dish. If he takes mm. two, you can guarantee it's a winner. Guy nice. will suddenly start talking about how good he feels while eating the dish. If Guy <laughs> takes it a step further, he gives that look. 
Maybe asking the chef to hold and cuddle him. That's an award-winning dish. Guy will often openly proclaim that he wished he came up with the dish or will say he's stealing it. Those are the places you simply must try because that's the top of the Triple D Mountain. If only Guy, if only my own wife would look at me the way <laughs> I Guy know, that's the thing, is I looks think at a hamburger. <laughs> that, <laughs> that that's the thing about it that makes it a little uncomfortable to watch, but also I think what's made him successful is that that a lot of those reactions are vaguely sexual um and it it's weird to see him be so um i guess it c- seductive is uh, that the word um, <laughs> is that the um, word that you're trying desperately not to use because you're worried that your husband might lean into the guy fieri lifestyle um, <laughs> um she is seduced it's very it's like a very intimate moment it almost looks like you're looking in on him in a sexual moment with the food you mean like anytime <laughs> any woman mentions the word cream because this is a problem that the producers keep saying he says you have to protect guy from all of his poop jokes and also anytime any woman mentions the word cream guy went into a sexual oh, riff when cutting the show you had to tell the editors to watch guy's eyeline because it's always on Press. Oh my so god! Maybe, yeah. maybe that's what he's looking at. You know, there is a very childlike um, quality to him. Like when you say he looks at breasts, he's not like, he's not like, he's not like cornering women, right? No, 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 not at all. In fact, you can actually see it in episodes where it's just that, like. So, I mean, honestly, I do the same thing oh, no, when I you're trying desperately to not look at the breasts. And so you you like accidentally do and then you like look up and away. So there are times when he's talking to a person and he's just like looking uh, like obviously past them because he's an adult child. Yeah, yeah. he's a man boy. And so am I. I get yeah. it. No, I get it. He also feels that mom and pop restaurants are, quote, one of the toughest businesses in the world, and we give them a chance to be highlighted, recognized, spotlighted, put on a pedestal, whatever terminology, what it does for them. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> Whatever terminology you guys want to use. Whatever it is, whatever, slap it on there. What it does for them in most situations is life-changing. It's life-changing financially. It's life-changing image-wise. It's a life-changing experience. It's all these things, but it's true. Uh, if you get your restaurant on your show, you can see an increase of your sales for up, at upwards of 500%, which seems to stay steady because they redo show the reruns so much too in syndication. And people and also they're in all the books. I definitely have I've looked at the, the there's lots of places online that they yeah. etch out like road trips for you to hit different spots. I wanted to do it myself. Totally. I mean, I th- that would be fun for for I think anybody who likes to travel around, but I also think that that can spell disaster for the restaurants <laughs> if they're not prepared for that. If like, they're it can not, really uh, bit, uh, Yeah, Tim, Tim, I mean, it's amazing. And yes, it's, at one point, somebody even says we were begging for mercy at one point because, like, they just, they're, they're, you know, their uh, t- flow of people just was so crazy. But what from I the will reruns. say is that they choose um, restaurants and they tell them about two months in advance. They work with the restaurants beforehand so that the restaurants are aware of what's about to happen. They can build oh, it. They good. can prepare for it. So it's something that like as someone, I think that is part of why I love watching his shows is that as a restaurant owner himself, he is aware of what these restaurants need 
and how to help them properly and to ease them into their sales skyrocketing in a way that just a normal chef probably wouldn't be able to do. Yeah. Tim McKee, co-owner of Smalley's Caribbean Barbecue in Stillwater, Minnesota, said, At the time, we were really struggling. We wondered if we were going to have to close. Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives saved the business. Charlie Johnson, owner of barbecue of a barbecue joint called Q Fanatic in Champlin, Minnesota, said, You get an explosion. Instant notoriety. Barbecue has a passionate national following, and suddenly we're on the barbecue trail. You can't buy the impact you get. We've seen diners from 30 countries. There is something in my parking lot from Canada almost every day. We are a destination. Sarah Symington of the Blue Moon Cafe in Baltimore on the oh, Profound Effect. Oh, that place effect. is the shit. <laughs> uh, it took me from living on a couch and upstairs at the restaurant and sharing a car to being able to actually now have my own house. My mom's been able to retire. Blue Moon Cafe is funny. Shit. You Hell yeah. Well, he Hell fucking yeah. blew him up, man, in the best way possible. Casper, owner of Nooks, said, It seems like they've re aired the thing a million times, their episode. We were begging for mercy. That was the begging for mercy one. Um, filming takes, by the way, somewhere around 12 hours, according to Ted Casper. Uh, who said also said uh, I think we cooked every item on the menu three times with Guy but that is I mean we're talking over 200 episodes that's over 800 restaurants and for them to all receive like a huge bump like that yeah. is pretty amazing apparently it airs as many as 38 times per week wow triple D that's crazy yeah. so yeah so Guy starts each day of shooting uh, with a workout, usually, and a big vegetable and fruit juice via a juicer that they bring with them on the road. Fiatti said, I make everybody drink it because I know the immunity and what the body needs when everybody's on the road and working crazy hours. It's and true. eating like garbage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. He also makes it a point not to do much small talk with his restaurant tours. He wants to sit down with them and meet them on camera. He wants it to be, it's very unscripted. He does not like anything. He doesn't want anything to feel conceived. That's why we don't speak to each other unless we're recording. Yes. yes. <laughs> Otherwise, we're not even friends. Natalie, don't look me in the oh, eyes. Yeah. I'm sorry. It has to be fresh. It has to be right here. <laughs> when he began filming Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives, he was already a restaurateur with four establishments, right? So he's, he's a, now he's just exploding even more people right. asked him did you ever imagine this for yourself and i said no i never watched tv i'm just a regular guy <laughs> having four <laughs> restaurants i was on top of the world i mean come on i had a hot rod and a boat i was done i was 35 years old and i thought this is fucking great so he was already <laughs> successful at this point in time so the things sure. that he was doing so if you look at what he is choosing to do at this point he can make any choices he wants, which is why I think he goes on to have his fingers in so many pies, if you will. Oh, man, he does stick his fingers in everything, yeah, too, does. on that show. Yeah. Again, very sexual. <laughs> Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun? Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. But this is also around the time that he had his big falling out with David Page, who again was the executive producer of Triple D up until season 11. They they sue each other back and forth, and David Page comes out and says a lot of stuff about Guy Fieri that many people came out and said were not true. Diner drama, America. Di- there is definitely diner drama. He said he claims that Fieri also stopped taking his calls and he didn't show up for voiceover. He recordings. just sort of like stopped returning calls which is such a fun that's more of like a millennial response I think he's like a Gen right. Xer but he ghosted him he, yeah, ghosted, he totally him. ghosted him and it's difficult to ghost the executive producer of your show and so he sued so David Page sues Food Network and Fieri Food Network countersues him the Food Network claims said Page was such a jerk that working with him became intolerable but Page basically said it was all guys fault because he didn't show up to do his job which is obviously not true they have how many fucking seasons of Triple D? And it usually happens in the situations the two sides settled and the show went on without Paige. But it did do a little bit of damage to Guy Fieri's brand. He just... You can tell and the way that the backlash came out afterwards of what David Page had said about him and the amount of people that came to Guy Fieri's defense... I, I really, I honestly just don't think it was true. I mean, it yeah. definitely, if anything, it, it was definitely done for vindictive reasons. Yes, and, for a way to hurt his brand. Yeah. Um, and there hasn't been a lot of other accounts of him acting in that way, so... No, because uh, he says that he was anti-Semitic because David Page is Jewish and he said something at him. And he also and the, the claim was also that he was homophobic. And nobody's ever said that. Other than this guy, it's just this yeah. dude. So I, I mean, I don't know. Again, the, take it or take it or leave it. I am choosing that if, if things are being said in the middle of a mudslinging type of a right. situation, you can't always fucking believe what you hear. So here we go. This is gonna just. I'm gonna not linger on any of these too long. Although there's some of them I might linger on a okay. little bit. Okay. Yeah, go for it. Please, please. Because I was going to ask you, Jackie. Which ones are my favorite? Natalie, too. Like, which ones you would maybe recommend people (laughs) check out? So there were three seasons of Ultimate Recipe Showdown. (laughs) I love Guy Fieri. I love Guy Fieri. (laughs) From 2008 to 2010, co-hosted with Mark Summers of Double Dare, who I was told I look like back in college. Whoa. Um, Oh, I can see that. I can see it. I can see it. And, uh, yeah, that was just for the first season. This was a competition show, kind of like the Great British Baking Show, in which contestants would Exactly compete. like it. <laughs> is it the same? Is it very much the same? No, not at joke? all. No, no, it's not. No, okay. <laughs> no, it's not at all. It seemed to me like it was. So they're making dishes. The winner gets $25,000, and their recipe featured on the menu of TGI Friday. <laughs> oh <laughs> it's what I've always dreamed of. Now, Mark Summers <laughs> does move into a bit of an inspirational <laughs> part for Guy Fieri at this point in time, as you can see, because he is now taking on many different hosting hats, if you will. And he does say about Mark Summers, Mark was the first one to hand his number to me and say, if you need any help with this new venture in life, tell me. So Mark's been huge. When I got this, this is when he's talking about Minute to Win It, Mark and I talked two or three times a week about what was going on. Mark Summers. Hey guys, I gotta throw this out here. 
because I still don't get a lot of people who remember it. And I've said this before, but does anybody remember when Mark Summers hosted a Halloween special on Nickelodeon that was at the Magic Castle? Because it happened and no one will fucking believe me. No, I don't believe I don't you. remember it. I don't remember it. <laughs> I mean, I'm down to look it up. It's not that I don't believe you. It's that I don't remember it. But also maybe you're a liar. <sighs> going, back to, <laughs> going back to Minute to Win It. Uh, this was an NBC show that that actually existed, Natalie. That guy hosted. Um, it is a <laughs> it is a game Destiny. show where contestants take part in a series of sixty second challenges. They uses uh, they use items generally found around the house, which could lead to a million dollar prize. I think it's very cute. On minute to win it. So this is also you got to think first network network thing. That's not I like that's not cable. And mm-hmm. uh, this is also his first time not being in a food situation. And I really did kind of enjoy Minute to Win It because you could tell he's bursting in wanting to help them so badly. Because he really, he was asked whether or not that if, like, if he thought that working on Minute to Win It was a big difference in working on Triple D. And he says... I just love to be the dude that gets to kick it there and kind of like participate, you know, be the coach, be the encourager, be the whatever you want to call it is awesome. So to me, it has a very similar Why does he always feel. have to say that? It's like, it's, it's, I'm the encourager, I'm the manager, I'm the, the whatever you want to say, guys, whatever. Here's a bunch of options. It's always under the guise of him. He wants to be saying that from a hammock. Yes. That's what he yeah. wants of course, for with his the beer in his hand. Yes. He is a walking thesaurus. I guy. never drink beer, and yesterday I had a beer literally in a hammock because I was doing this. It's like I feel like that is, this what, is what guy he wants. wants. It's what he yeah, wants that from is all what guy of us. Would want. Because he says, I'm just being guy. They're just being them. And they're having a great you experience. Cannot, I emphasize this is for you and your brother. You cannot become parrot heads because mm. I cannot be a part of this. <laughs> but I do like pina coladas and getting caught in the nope, rain. Can't do it. So Guy's going to get a little <laughs> off the chain with Guy Off the Hook, oh. which was a cooking show filmed in front of a live studio audience, which he would often engage. I love it. I love it. Did you watch Rachel versus Guy, Celebrity Cook-Off? I um this is this is like my thing my problem um I'm not a huge Rachel Ray fan ah so not, you were pushed I, away from this I'm cooking competition between Rachel Ray Are you starting and a Guy. Feud? Is this a feud? Well, I mean, a lot of people. I've definitely. I think all of my SNL auditions, I have done different monologues as Rachel Ray because <laughs> I kind of have to as another husky voiced brunette. It's kind of my job is to do that, and I've watched so much Rachel Ray, and I just um I think she's a liar. <laughs> I'm saying it wow. here. I think she's. I think that wow. I just. I don't trust her. You know wow. what it is? It's it with Guy Fieri. I can see the sparkle in his eye. I can see the magic that comes from him. And I don't get it with Rachel. Ray. I'm just. I'm not I'm, saying she doesn't have it. I'm just saying. But I personally don't get it. I'm from just her. saying we don't need another Page Seven feud. And I, think I really don't think feud, you need it. Yeah. You're against Madonna. Every, I'm it's against like every Rachel episode Ray. lately. Yeah, we're starting feuds. Yeah, man. I'm ready. I'm ready to turn the world on top of its head. Um, well, I don't like, um, what's her name? Uh, I don't like Murphy Brown. Whoa, the yeah, character? I think, the character. Yeah, I, I, yeah, the character. Okay. I think she's a cheat. Whoa. I think she cheats. I, I'm sure at least 17% of the Page 7 listeners will know who Murphy Brown is. I will <laughs> sentence you to watch all of Murphy Brown before the reboot happens, which it is I thought it happening. already happened and was canceled. Did it already? Was it already happening? Canceled? <laughs> Pretty sure. And don't even get me started on designing women. Whoa. Whoa. How dare hey. you Delta Burke as a goddess? Wait a second. They steal. All of them. <laughs> 
<laughs> wow. Designing women. That is not a... You don't want to go up that fucking No, down. man. No, man. Uh, Rachel versus Guy, by the way. Uh, that, that was the competition well, between yeah. Rachel Ray and Guy, well, where they were the team captain of a team of celebrities... Uh, many celebrities appeared on the show of varying degrees. I love uh, this list of celebrities. Aaron Carter, Cheech oh, Marin, Julio, and the winner of the first season, Lou Diamond Phillips. Lou Diamond Phillips. I mean, all of those, but Aaron Carter. Aaron Carter is a train wreck. Yes, of a human he is being. a monster. But. <laughs> Other celebs from the second and third season include Gilbert Gottfried, Carney Ooh, Wilson, fun. Chris Kattan, and right. Vanilla Ice. All right, all across the board. I mean, all across the board. I love Gilbert Gottfried. Varying degrees of success. Yes, I love Gilbert Gottfried. Degrees of success. <laughs> love, love Gilbert. Uh, guys, grocery games is another ding, game ding, show. Ding, 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 triple G, bitch, triple G. I'm a triple G, bitch. Over. Describe here. the show for us, Jackie. Oh, I love everything about Triple G. Essentially, Triple G <laughs> is where they have, um, they've got a panel of judges and they bring in three chefs from their so. It's another way to also get the word out about mom and pop places. They bring in chefs from all over the country, either at home chefs or people that have their own restaurants or or like they've got a lot of special edition episodes where like they'll have like a USO show. They have like they have all like or they have like grandma chefs and stuff like that. And it's actually a fairly rigorous process to get on the show. And inside of it, it is they come they have like different food challenges that are made up of ridiculous games that they have to play where sometimes it's like so it's the games portion of the show so they're inside of a huge supermarket that's the coolest part to me is that they're on a set that's a big grocery store which reminds me of like 90s game shows yes and it's actually the same dude that designed supermarket sweep is the one that designed designed the grocery store and so the first season it was an actual grocery store that they were doing inside of but they honestly just needed more room and what's cool is that the entire grocery store is filled with actual groceries that they donate to shelters and donate to charities. They donate to, because it is, um, Guy's Grocery Games is shot near Fieri's Ranch in Santa Rosa. Oh, that's nice. He says, the beauty of it, the silver lining, is we donate about $250,000 in food a year to the food bank, the Redwood Gospel Mission, the neatest people in the world. Fieri's TV productions boost the local economy, not only by employing local people, but by bringing guest chefs and contestants who spend money at local businesses. He says, I'm really proud of my community. It's awesome how well we're supported in what we do and that we get get to give back. But what's awesome about the show is that I kind of sometimes, all right, confession, sometimes I like to play the game with myself and I choose a, a game from Guy's Grocery Games to play with myself of like, okay, today I want to make a meal that everything has to start with the letter G. And I do that kind of thing to myself. <laughs> and so I never talk about <laughs> Do you race around your house? I should. I should start an all get my own zoomies. Yes. You should force your roommates to compete with you. I'm sure they'll love to do that. And so they have to have. uh, Yeah, they love it. They have to. (laughs) They compete with each other. And sometimes, like, the chefs have to swap bags after they've done their shopping. Sometimes they have, like, full aisles that they can't go down. Oh, you should compete with the cats. Oh, I will compete with the cats. And then they're just like, keep trying to get, and it's like, no, it's not tuna, but I have to only keep opening cans to get them excited, though. Yeah, well. So maybe I make a canned-only meal. Yeah. Guys, Grocery Games is, I think, uh, no, I'm sorry. It is 
my favorite Food Network show. Oh, wow. Wow. Please watch Guys Grocery Games. There's so many seasons on Hulu right now. It is just uh, a romp. And they could do so much. Uh, And to round out the list is His seafood is so precious. I I want to be released from it. I need to be released from this episode. (laughs) To round up the list, Guy's family road trip sees him taking his family with him for some triple D action. And yes, I wrote that specifically like that because it sounds so gross. He loves his family. Something that he talks about. Is that like DP? Sorry. (laughs) How dare you? (laughs) He claims that he, um, he had pushed kids cooking shows before they were a thing because he incorporates his kids into all of the cooking that he does in the house and he says one of the biggest things is to see kids involved in cooking so much when I got on Food Network 12 years ago the first thing I said was I want a kids cooking show and they told me come on now and I said I'm not kidding I have kids I said I'm telling you kids love to cook I run into these people's fans of Triple D and no one was really embracing that now look at major networks are doing it I'm gonna say a hot, uh, hot take I think those kids cooking shows are disturbing I see. I really why are they love little adults? Them. I love it. What's, how what, they're like little tiny adults? Why are they so good at cooking? Why are they so proper? It because makes me feel weird. Believe in them, Natalie. Oh, do you think they're better than me? Because their parents support their fucking dreams. <laughs> <Whoa>. oh, wow. <laughs> All right. Now I want to talk about the horrendous New York Times review because it is hilarious to me. It is pretty Guy funny. Fieri opens up a Guy's American Kitchen and Bar, which is a 500-seat restaurant in Times Square. And the New York Times asks Guy a lot of very interesting questions in their review. I don't think there's an actual sentence that is not a question in this entire review. So I, I pulled some choice. It was funny that you had done this after I had already pulled a couple, like for my own, because it was like, how <laughs> do we not read part of this? It's so funny. Guy Fieri, have you eaten Please at your new restaurant in Times Square? Guy Fieri. Thank you. Have you? Well, but the New York Times restu- uh, restaurant person definitely would not pronounce You're it. You're right. right, because they are. A Guy Fier- Fieri, have you eaten at your new restaurant in Times Square? Did panic grip your soul as you stared into the whirling hypno wheel of the menu where adjectives and nouns spin in a crazy vortex? When you saw the burger described as Guy's Pat LaFrida custom blend all natural Creekstone farm burger Angus beef patty, L Top lettuce, tomato, onion, and pickle, SMC super melty cheese, and a slathering of donkey sauce on garlic buttered brioche. Did your mind touch the void for a minute? Did you notice that the menu was an unreliable predictor of what actually came to the table? Were the bourbon were the bourbon butter crunch chips missing from your almond joy cocktail too? Was your deep fried boulder of ice cream the size of a standard scoop? What exactly about a small salad with four or five miniature croutons makes Guy's famous Big Bite Caesar A big? B, famous, or C, <laughs> guys, in any meaningful sense. Look hey, you. Wow. Hey, did you try that blue drink? The one that glows like nuclear waste? The watermelon margarita? Any idea why it tastes like some combination of radiator fluid and formaldehyde? How did, how did Louisiana's blackened Cajun spice treatment turn into the ghostly nubs of unblackened, unspiced white meat in your Cajun chicken Alfredo? Is this how you roll in Flavortown? I just, it's so, you know what? I went to Guy's American Kitchen and Bar. And I, again, will tell you, 
it wasn't the best place I've ever eaten. Well, the most interesting part about that review is the guy gave the restaurant five stars. You know, interesting yeah. <laughs> how that works. <laughs> New York Times can kiss my butt. Yeah, they gave Peter Luger's a one-star review recently, by the way. You so. know, it's just, it's, what do you want? What do you want, a parade, New York Times? <laughs> Apparently. Get out of Guy Fieri. You know what's up for you. I love the idea they're only going to give four or five stars or whatever if if the restaurant provides a parade for them. (laughs) See, I I would understand that. Because they're all got their heads up their butts. I'm sorry, New York Times, but I'm not sorry. Fieri's response was as such. I thought it was ridiculous. I mean, I've read reviews. There's good and there's bad in the restaurant business, but... That, to me, went so overboard. It really seemed like there was another agenda. The tone, the sarcasm, the question style. I mean, we're trying as hard as we can to make it right and do it right. Is that is it perfect right now? No. Let's see where we are in six months. Uh, the restaurant closes at the end of 2017. Yeah, and I also, it's like even Emeril Lagasse, <laughs> before he had opened up a place. So you have to remember, this is in New York. Not only is it in New York. It's like in Times Square. Times Square is a, a nuclear it's a waste dump. It's a nightmare. Yeah. It is an absolute nightmare where food is way overpriced. And you know what? Nothing, almost, not saying nothing, most places in Times Square are not very I good. I actually think this Times Review actually makes it seem like it fits exactly into Times Square. Because, yes. Because it is, you, you are going there for an overstimulation. Like it is. Yes. It's it's like you're inside of a 365 degree theater that's just playing like techno music and and yes. light and laser light shows are happening. That is the you. quintessential Times Square. I want my weird martini drink to look like it is nuclear waste. Exactly. Like I do. Yeah. I'm going to order the weirdest grossest like dessert martini. Yeah, there's you know what I mean? Nothing organic in Times Square. No, and yeah. that's why I definitely like my stomach hurt after I left Guy's American Kitchen and Bar, but you know what? I was That's drunk. why you go in, right? Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was drunk and I was very full and I had spent too much money and I was going, all right, well, we did that. <laughs> we did that. Here's another quote from Fieri on haters. If someone has a concern with what I eat or how I dress, brother, take all that energy and go focus on something for yourself. Whoa. I'm not going to make everybody happy and anybody who wants to hate is going to hate. You have to be confident in who you are and what you're doing. Anybody who pays attention to the hate really is wasting their time. I don't subscribe. I don't buy in. If you're just some loser that sits there and hammers away on some blog form or whatever, I don't have time for that. Why even worry about it? Hell yeah, man. Who's got the time? He's Guy Fieri, goddammit. Uh, before I get to my final bit of the day, which a- which ends on a touching note, I will mention just very briefly that his 90- 1968 red Chevy Camaro SS does make an appearance in almost every episode of Triple D, except for the Hawaii episode because he didn't want to ship it. It is apparently worth around $100,000, and obviously he's a big car guy but, and but loves his car. You know that Camaro was not, the original one was not his, it was... Um, the producers. Oh, the, until that, sh- until they separated ways. That the red Camaro was originally David. What's his name? David Page's. David Page's car. And then when they parted ways, he had to get his own red Camaro, but it's a different year. Interesting. And that's why I love when asked if the car was a Mustang. He said, "No, no, 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 no." He says quickly, "I'm only a Chevy guy." Very clearly understood. There's no Ford going on, okay? And this is the line that I was thinking of earlier. For fans who wonder, yes, Fieri does actually drive the show's convertible on nice days between shoots. 
and they shoot two weeks each month to bring viewers to those out-of-the-way dives. He says, the longest drive I've taken from Seattle down to Portland took that drive in. It was awesome. The gas is expensive, but the tan is free. <laughs> yep. I, uh, oh, yeah. I, I got to be released from this. Actually. Uh, why, why are you saying like that? Why do you say it like that? Because he always gives back because this is about the he is a philanthropist. Yes. Almost every single, I know that we're going to get into your section of it, but almost every single one of his shows gives towards a charity. This all really comes from the story of Guy Fieri and his sister. God, I just hate it. I hate how it does. Why? Uh, So this also starts too. So his sister, who he's very close to, had cancer at the age of four. And part of what, he had really wanted to bring into his life and what he always kept with him. So she recovers. And though he was just eight years old at the time, he says the way his community and even total strangers supported his family left a lasting impact on him, particularly when local football players stopped by the hospital to visit. He says nothing takes away the pain of being there, but it eclipsed it a little bit when you get to divert your attention to something else. As a parent, you don't want to think of your child being sick. And those moments when your kid is happy, when he or she's smiling, means so much. This is like this. So even starting with the awesome pretzel cart back in the day, it lives on as part of Cooking with Kids, a nonprofit organization that Fieri is involved with, which helps kids learn about cooking and running a business. So that is just one Aww. of the many mm-hmm. things that he has done to give back to the community. So Morgan Morgan was a ve- was a vegetarian and a massage therapist. She also founded Guy's Foundation, the Guy Fieri Foundation of Inspiration, which uh, created to inspire kids and launched the Pretzel Cart Project as well. Jackie, which put nonprofit mentors with children to sell pretzels to the community to learn essentially how to have like an, an early job, you know, and and give to the community too. And she would say namaste to Guy every day, according to Guy. She, uh, she said, uh, Guy said, which means the God in me. She was the such God a teacher. The God in me recognizes the, the God, God in you. you. Oh, okay, yes. The, she was such a teacher of our family. She would tell us about organics and about recycling, and I'd be like, come on! And she would always be in my ear about it again and again. Tragically, she passes away from cancer at the age of 38. Yes, yeah, her cancer comes back in this time in the form of metastatic melanoma. Uh. And her battle has made Fieri want to do everything he can to help other families affected by cancer, inviting Make-A-Wish Foundation families to all of his Food Network show tapings. He insists on bringing the entire family, not just the child battling cancer, so they don't feel singled out. He has done so much work with the Make-A-Wish Foundation that he's earned the Chris Grecius Award, named after the seven-year-old battling leukemia who inspired the creation of the foundation. It's the greatest award I've ever received, Fieri says. It's hanging right in my dining room at my ranch. Oh, uh, yeah. It's it's uh, and he he dedicated his next cookbook to her. He got Namaste tattooed on his arm for her. And after the loss, he was gearing up to actually uh, go to his uh, South Beach Wine and Food Festival that he puts on. But instead, he chose to attend the gay marriage ceremony that joined together 101 gay couples. Because that is what would have made Morgan happy. She was a lesbian. And since then, Guy has invited a Make-A-Wish family to the taping of all 363 episodes of Triple D, saying, I know what the family is going through to some degree. I know that heartache... 
that heartache and I see that. And if there's something I can do to help enlighten or empower those kids, I want to do it. And he also does this for his other shows as well. He invites the full family. Yes, and he does the same thing with, um, he invites, It is they get free tickets. All veterans get free tickets to both Guys Grocery Games and Diners, Drive-Ins, and Dives. Nice. He also, um, he does things like there's a there's a festival called Burger Bash, and he and his son <laughs> ran a he burger stand. Yeah, release it. And they do. They work with Best Buddies International, which is an organization for adults with mental disabilities. No, I've got more things to say about how great he is. Part of Fieri's activism. So this is another thing that really makes me love him so much is that he was inspired by Chef Jose Andres, who served 3.5 million meals to people in Puerto Rico after Hurricane Irma devastated the country. So... He says about it, he did what they said you couldn't do. You can't go to Puerto Rico and feed people. It's a disaster. He said, fuck that. I can't go there. I'm fucking going there. There's not enough food. There's no electricity. You want to tell that to people that are starving? That attitude makes me even more head trippy. So he also goes down to Puerto Rico to help. And he's he and Jose Andres decided to partner with Operation Barbecue Relief, and they started working on a prototype. So this is what he now brings to all disaster areas that he can get to. A 48-foot trailer that houses a full commercial kitchen. Flat top, six burners, smoker, ice machines, mixers. It'll be stocked with recipes. And in times of need, he'll draw on his connections over the years to send the truck to local chefs so they have a full kitchen to use to prepare meals for people in need. He already has two 26-foot cooking trailers, and this is going to be the huge one. So he's now creating an organization to make as many of these as he can to start bringing them out. Because, like... All of the fires in California, you yeah. will always see that Guy Fieri is on the front lines out there making food for as many people as he can. He's he he heads he makes he's making five thousand meals a day for all of the firefighters and the volunteers that go out to help. And he's trying desperately, and even in in the time that we are going through right now, is also raising millions of dollars towards not only helping people that are affected in the restaurant industry, from chefs all the way down to, you know, like every single person involved in the restaurant industry. A lot of bus people. Yes, like, and yeah. is also trying to feed... Uh, any people that are hungry and he's created a whole organization dedicated to that as well and one last thing that I needed to definitely say as a crossover from our Enya episode <laughs> Guy Fieri loves Enya <laughs> Whoa, he says I could get wow, down to some Enya which surprises people but I have an easygoing side and a high energy side <laughs> I hate it I cannot picture him just relaxing loves to Enya. Enya he loves Enya and um, he also now has opened up a hunt and ride winery, which is based on it's named after his two sons. And he is heavily involved in the winery. He bought the five acre Pinot Noir vineyard and is um, he said, this isn't just juice that somebody else made that we put in a bottle and put my name on it, which is what a lot of people do. He's actually there and is installing. Organic he's out. He's drinking methods. that wine every day. Oh, he's drinking that wine. Oh, he is. Um, and that's uh Guy Fieri. Uh, all right. Well, this has inspired me to order food from a restaurant called Sloppers tonight. <laughs> I'm excited about that. Oh, um, hold in, hold in. What? It's the middle of your beard. It's it's turning blonde. Oh, oh my god. Oh, 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 oh god. It's getting shorter. Why? How does the a beard get shorter? has me gone. <laughs> your glasses are becoming wraparound. So scary. Uh, thank you so much for joining us on our episode on Guy Fieri. I really enjoyed this one. I thought I just I want to do more. I, I guess like silly ones like these, if that's the right word. I don't know because it just. 
what a fascinating person. He seems to be actually like a genuinely pretty decent dude. And um, what a fun romp down his story. Right? I, I've turned o- over a new leaf with him. I was a new being, burger patty. I was, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he doesn't use any leafs. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he's just because he looks like asshole white trash doesn't mean you can't be a good person and yeah. all his social outreach is amazing and that's all I need to like somebody so I love you, you Fanny, and I'm so proud of your marriage but if it ever falls apart give me a call wow right. don't do that out there. I am putting it out there I, I, w- I would I would do it, and that's difficult. That's scary thought, but I said it, and I'm sticking by it. Thank you so much, everybody, for joining us today. Uh, if you'd like to support us further, check out our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash page 7 podcast. You can follow me on Twitter. I'm sorry, on Twitch, rather. I do streams with Jackie every Friday at 6 p.m. ET. Twitch.tv forward slash Holdenators Ho. Natalie? Uh, the Natty Jean on all the stuff, and Hell also yeah. page 7 LPN. On Instagram and TikTok. Hell yeah. Noise. And as yeah. if almost Pizza Hut heard, I definitely just got a text from Pizza Hut saying, It's time to order some Pizza Hut. No, thank you. I don't <laughs> know why I still get messages from them. My name is Jackie Zabrowski. Thank you again for um going on this fucking Kamado ride with us today. Yeah, I really feel like we've been zipping down the coast. Woo! Uh, yeah. I feel the wind in my hair. We love you so much. You can follow me at Jack That Worm on Instagram. And uh, we will uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye. 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 This show is made possible by listeners like you. Thanks to our ad sponsors. You can support our shows by supporting them. For more shows like the one you just listened to, go to lastpodcastnetwork.com. Did you know that Delaware has endless discoveries? The first state invites you to explore miles of beaches and boardwalks, dozens of unique breweries, award-winning restaurants, some of the country's best state parks, beautiful garden estates, and even tax-free shopping. There's plenty of fun for the entire family and more. Find trip ideas and all the info you need to plan your Delaware discoveries at visitdelaware.com. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.